You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina. We've got a great show for you today. Mary Penny, the executive director of Hometown Strong, is with us to talk about how her team is listening to and serving rural North Carolina. But before we get to that, as always, folks, my partner in crime here at WPTF, esteemed production engineer, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. What's new with you? Well, I'm looking at you behind glass, which is new. We're in a different room this time at the studio. We're, we're in the big studio, yeah. So it's it's not quite Zoom distance level, but it's it's a little bit more distance than we're used to recording this program. Yeah, I'm not sure if I like it. I feel almost like we're in prison talking behind the glass. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're in a fishbowl. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, not to say that um, WPTF resembles a prison at all. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite, quite liberating to be here uh, with our listeners every single week. Um, speaking of liberation and so forth, I had a bit of an experience um, not that long ago. We were on spring break. And Jason, I know you've, you're from Florida, used to hot weather. Have you ever experienced the heat of the desert before? You ever been out west? No, I've been out west, but not during the the oppressive heat time. So no, I've never experienced that dry heat. I'm, I'm just used to the hot, humid North Carolina, Florida type weather. I got you. Well, I had the opportunity to go out to Utah recently um, and see some friends. And I have to say the idea of going out um, to the mountains for skiing and snowboarding during spring break, when normally I would be looking for palm trees, <laughs> I wasn't too, ex- too excited about the idea at first. However, uh, it turned out to be quite a different experience. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before. Um, got out to Moab, Utah, which is, you know, southern part of Utah. What an experience it was to be out there in the desert, seeing the bluffs, being on these trails, going off-roading for the first time. They actually gave me the keys to the Jeep, um, this monster gladiator they had climbing over rocks. I'm like, wait a minute, you want me to drive up that wall? Yes, go. <laughs> we'll guide you. Um, what um, what a lifestyle it is out there. And it just happened to be the tail end of Easter Jeep Week out in Moab. And so there were Jeeps everywhere and there were just thousands of people and there was music and they were just um, Jeep itself corporation was there um, and uh, it just a lot of energy there, a lot of fun. And I got to admit that um, I, I fell a little bit in love with the lifestyle. Nothing like that here in North Carolina, as rich as we are in geography, we, we don't quite have that out there. Anyway, um, my point while I was out there and I've got some great pictures I can sh- show you, Jason, of after a very scary drive up this um I don't know, what do you call it, a cliff? <laughs> this trail alongside a cliff going up, um, it, leveling off somewhere. It, it was at least 1,000 feet. Um, and I have pictures of it. Looks, It looks almost like we're at the Grand Canyon. I'm standing up there looking. And, you know, our, our journey up there, the whole time I'm thinking, wow, if something happens, we are really on our own here. We got no cell service, of course. 
We've got whatever water and food we've packed with us. Um, obviously, you're there. Even in the spring, it's 70 degrees. That desert sun is oppressive. Um, you've got all this wildlife out there, you know, um, and you really do feel alone. And you're realizing, wow, um, you know, just no services at all. We're literally on our own here should we need help. We get to the top of this um, this plateau or whatever we were on, and I'm looking out, and you know, not a you know, not a single uh, soul in sight, not any sign of human beings whatsoever, no power lines, nothing as far as the eye can see, right? And it got me thinking here as as I was thinking about our, our guest, Mary Penny, going to be with us to talk about Hometown Strong, about if you were to think about what is the most possible rural environment you can be in, in America, this is probably it. You can't see a single person. You can't see any signs of civilization. I know a lot of trails out there have signs and stuff, but where we were, we, we didn't have any. Um, and... Uh, you know, you're really without all these things, cell signal, on and on and on. And then I was comparing that in my mind to like, wow, if I were to put this on a continuum and if this is like the ultimate extreme definition of a rural environment, what's the opposite? And I got thinking back in my ARP New York days when I used to work partly, part of my territory was the Bronx. And at the time, I don't know what it is now, but at the time, part of the Bronx was the most densely populated part of the United States. The congressional district at the time, it was CD16. Uh, Jose Serrano, I think, was the congress member up there. Um, the most densely populated place um, where people are literally living on top of each other in these apartment buildings. You have access to every type of service you would need. No shortage of cell towers, that's for sure, because everybody's got a cell phone. Multiple transportation options, subways, multiple bus routes, on and on and on. The I remember the congressman's um, off-district office that he used to handle con- constituent services. Jason, it looked like the DMV here. Okay, not a little waiting room with two chairs. I mean, it was literally like a DMV to handle just the volume of people and problems that come with constituents, you know. And um, I have to say, wow, you know, when we think about North Carolina, where do we fit on that continuum between those two extremes? And obviously you say, well, there's a big difference between, say, where Charlotte fits on that and where, you know, Leland fits on that. Right. And so the challenge out there is uh, for state government and and those working at at different levels, really, is to try and make sure that people have access to the services and the information that they need, regardless of where they live, because we don't want to be, you know, I don't know what's the term, you know, metropolitan centric or what have you. We, we want to make sure that people living out, even in the, you know, the quote unquote sticks, the far corners of our state have access to everything that they need when they need it. And so I'm so happy in me thinking about all of this to, to be having uh, Mary Penny, who is the executive director over at Hometown Strong here in the studio with us today. Mary, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. It is so good to see you again. And uh, I appreciate all that Hometown Strong is doing, some of our listeners may not be aware of Hometown Strong. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and what you do? Sure. And I I love the descriptions of rural you gave earlier. (laughs) Um, Our governor, Roy Cooper, grew up in Nash County, so very rural county, um, working on farms and uh, eventually became a lawyer, then a legislator, and and then ran for office uh, as attorney general and then uh, um, governorship. Um, 
So he wanted to focus on rural areas, and you're so right. Sometimes it's easy just to focus on the big cities because you can get numbers out. You can see a lot of people that are right there, but it's harder to do outreach in the rural areas because it's just so broad. Um, So he wanted a special focus. He pulled together this team called Hometown Strong. It's a few people, but we're mighty. (laughs) We're dedicated. We focus on rural every day, and we're out there listening to communities and trying to help them do what they want to do as their priorities. Now, North Carolina draws a lot of people from other states, myself mm-hmm. included, and there are many, uh, many of the transplants that are living, say, in Raleigh or in Charlotte, think that the rest of the state looks just like that, right? Um, <laughs> so just how, tell our listeners just how rural is our state and why is that significant? Yeah, so out of the 100 counties, 80 of them approximately are considered rural, and that's based on density. So I think it's less than 250 per square mile makes a rural community. Um, what's unique about North Carolina is we may have the second largest population in the country that live in rural areas. So, um, right behind Texas, I believe sometimes, yeah, sometimes that fluctuates depending on how the counts come in, but we were, and we're growing. North Carolina is one of the fastest growing states in the country. So our population is growing. It's a great retirement destination. People, once they're here, they want to stay here. Um, so that is what kind of propels us forward. But the nice thing about North Carolina that's also unique is most of our rural areas are within driving distance to a metropolitan area. That's right. So it's a really great way to connect rural or to get out of town and get into a rural place. So um, if you are in a city and you haven't experienced rural yet, I, I encourage you to Google festivals because we are entering festival season and there is a really cute, fun festival in a small town near you within driving distance. That is good. And we will do that. So I, got, I have to ask, you know, there were a lot of learnings from uh, COVID. Um, what did COVID reveal to you about the needs of the rural mm-hmm. community and how best to reach them? Because we are all at a bit of a, dis- at a big disadvantage. Yeah. yeah, two biggest things, broadband and access to healthcare. Um, so everybody thinks kind of broadband because we all went virtual. So a lot of people went virtual and um, everything you were trying to do, you were trying to order online, you were trying to net stream your entertainment. And if you didn't have a good broadband connection, it was just tough. So even though a lot of people kind of fled cities and wanted to be in a beautiful, natural area where they could, uh, you know, enjoy the outdoors and not have to mask up, uh, they had real problems seeing that there wasn't a lot of broadband coverage. So that was one thing that really came out. And for our school kids in particular, it was very difficult for them to be at home learning and not have decent internet that could stream what their teachers were trying to show. Um, so that was the big one. The second one was healthcare. Aside from vaccinations and trying to roll all that out, just the burden on rural hospitals was really tough. They were already in a, in a tight situation economically. And just having that burden on them again really showed how um, we need to strengthen that system. Yeah, you know, with our many of our listeners being being older adults, they tend to think about access to the internet in terms of them getting the information that they need and how that was inconvenient or or a challenge for them. But you're right, the school children they're working, they're 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 doing school from home. You don't have internet access. You're in a rural area. You're at a really serious disadvantage. Forget about not getting the total learning experience you'd get in a school. You're not even able to get that internet signal. You're really um, at a loss. So, um, yeah, again, our older audience tends maybe not to be thinking about those challenges in those terms. It's important that we highlight them here. Uh, We're speaking with Mary Penny of Hometown Strong. This is ARP Without Limits. We'll be back after this short break.
And we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Send us a question, send us a comment, send us a suggestion for a future guest or topic by emailing us at aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. We have been speaking with Mary Penny Kelly, who's the executive director of Hometown Strong, uh, about what it is they do, um, the challenges that they faced throughout COVID, and just generally speaking, how they uh, do outreach and engagement with the rural parts of our state. Um, your website lists a number of goals for, for 2023, and one of them is a little old thing we at ARP know, but some people may not know about, called Age My Way and See. Can you tell folks a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, Age My Way and See was a way to focus on older adults and our changing demographic. North Carolina's, um, as I said, was growing population-wise, but we're also growing older faster than the rest of the country. So we really wanted to dedicate some resources, particularly in rural areas where you tend to see people staying in place, but young people might leave to go to the city or go away for education and may not come back um, to the same town. So you see that trend on growing older earlier in rural areas. Um, but we have seen some great examples of cities that have already joined the age-friendly network that AARP um, oversees and doing great things with it to make things more walkable, um, more engaging, um, you know, just broadband, of course, right? Communications um, and access to healthcare. So we thought it was a great toolkit, toolbox to start with. And uh, the governor agrees. So we are becoming an age-friendly state. We've already done a lot of work on that. And we branded it as Age My Way NC uh, to look at uh, a survey, sending it out to a lot of people to see what they think of their current state of their communities, have a summit to talk about ideas of what we can do to improve things in our communities. And now we anticipate the governor will be taking executive action next week to further that along and direct his agencies and invite others to participate in making the whole state age-friendly. And I have to say, we are so excited to to be hearing that and to be uh, sharing that with our audience um, in, in future shows as well. You know, we have, and, and I have to say, you know, we really have to give give credit to, um, to the governor and his team because I remember ARP first reached out to the governor's team back, I believe it was right when I came up from Charlotte into the Raleigh area, which was 2017, and talking about this. And I say I really uh, respect the approach that was taken because so many elected officials that are like, oh, you know, you know, they got people around them who are telling them, oh, this will make, you know, this is a good press release. This is a good new, you know, item for a news cycle or something and not really being strategic. But the team, you know, the governor and his team said, we're going to do this. We're going to do it the right way. And it can't just be, you know, agencies and departments that work specifically on age issues now. It's got to be a much more holistic approach because the whole state and and people who rely on all of government, all the departments and agencies are going to be aging. And they're going to need folks in these departments to have an age-friendly lens on. And I just really admire that approach. It's a smart approach. It's a long-term strategic approach. And though, you know, ARP, I guess like anybody else would be like, well, it's too bad we didn't get it all done in 2017. It took some time, but we're going to do it in a way that I think is going to make a lot of sense for the state and outlive the governor. I agree. I think it will go on. And I think we've got a good ground set for it and a lot of momentum. So it will push forward. Mm -hmm. This is just a great way to kind of cement it down and, and really clarify what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And this year, 
2023 is also known as the Year of the Trail. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's Year of the Trail. So North Carolina is blessed with natural resources, of course. Um, And there's a a fantastic network of state trails, lots of local trails. Every time we go to a small town, a rural community, they want to enhance the walkability of their towns and and have some hiking opportunities through through trails. And it's a great draw for people to come and experience a trail. So 2023 is a good focus year for that. Um, We're doing a set of experiences um, throughout the state. So there's one near you over a weekend usually that will have um, activities alongside the trail that you can hike. Um, so a little bit of festival nature added to the the trail work normally. And it's not just, um, you know, as you would think, nature trails, uh, ground trails, also blueways. Um, so that's kind of funny. We're going to do a paddle trail and that should be exciting. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how that kicks off. But yes, get out, uh, recreate, enjoy it. We're looking at accessibility for a lot of those trails. And I think this will put some spotlight on it and give us some good recommendations of where we need to make improvements. Well, that is fantastic. You know, one thing I love about this is that my sister hiked the Appalachian Trail, right? And she has asked me, like she goes back and does re- parts of it again uh, she just had her 10 year anniversary with completing it. And I'm like, I'd love to go with you, but I'm not climbing that, that mountain. <laughs> like that's, that's a real commitment. What I like about this with our greenways, greenways and trails that we have throughout the state is you can go ahead, you, you can engage when you want to, even just for an afternoon, right? Right. I mean, you can just kind of dip in, dip out, you know, kind of have it suit your needs, uh, you know, for, for, for what you want without making that, that big type of a, of a commitment. Yeah. And even though a lot of our trails are in rural areas, which I love, there are some very close to our urban areas. I mean, Umstead State Park out here has some great trails just outside of Raleigh. So um, look around. You'll find something nearby. Wonderful. I'm going to do that. And for folks, and, and what's the easiest way, like if, 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 a, if a listener now is interested in learning more about that, is that to go to your website or somewhere locally to look? What's the best place for them to check? Yeah, there's no wrong door. Uh, you know, you can search on the internet for Year of the Trail, North Carolina, or you can do Hometown Strong, North Carolina. Uh, we've got the listings of all the activities, and you, it's easy to find. It's it's trending pretty well right now. We're getting great attendance. There is some registration for some of the events, so do check it out before you go. If you have something specific you want to um, engage with, you know, an organized activity, then um, do that. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, one thing I like about you guys that I really wanted to ask you about is the, is the community engagement piece. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of agencies and a lot of people have had criticisms of government, sometimes right, sometimes wrong, about them being talked to and not listened to. And it seems like you guys have taken that latter approach to, to be listening. What is, what's your approach been on, on how you guys engage communities and hear what the needs really are? Yeah, uh, we love it. It's, it's fun to go out to towns to see them in person. And so kind of one of our uh, little mantras was getting Raleigh out to rural um, so pulling people out behind their desks and getting them on the road and out into a small town. One, they get to see who they're working for. Two, they get excited about the projects. Three, they see they can do something about it, so they come back super motivated. And the people in the small town have a face to put with a name, so they have somebody they can call when they need something the next time. Mm, that's that, that, that's so, so important. So social media, website, um, any websites or uh, handles you want to plug so our listeners can track track you on a regular basis yep at nc governor is the governor's twitter handle um but you can also just uh, search hometown strong uh nc and that should pop up in your browser anywhere or on social media 
Wonderful. Well, Mary, it is so, it's been such a pleasure uh, getting a, the opportunity to work with you um, and your, your team. And uh, we had a, a conference recently in Charlotte. Which conference? It's escaping my mind here. The, um, the Coalition on Aging yes, was the host. Yes. yes. So we, we, we had that opportunity uh, to connect and to be hearing about things that were going on throughout the state. And as you mentioned, the state, you know, is aging, um, of course, demographically. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, they think that there is this, um, there are two different worlds, you know, there's the, the, the needs and the services and the culture that older adults have. And then there's, you know, a big generational divide wall and there's everybody else and younger people. And one of the things that, um, I see in the work that you guys do and how mindful you've been in, in, with your approach and some of the things I see in, in, in our work with AARP is that there's so much similarity actually between, especially when you look at the, at the urban areas for sure, but even in the more rural areas between, you know, boomers especially and millennials coming up, they want to be engaged, you know, and we say all the time on this, on this show that, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the boomers today, the people who are turning 65 at the rate of 10,000 per day right now are not what they were 20 years ago. They want to be engaged. They want to go on trails. They want to be traveling and exploring their community and exploring other parts of the state and the country and the world. And, um, having resources like the, the ones that hometown strong strive to, uh, strive to provide are really, really critical to allowing them to, to live their best lives possible. So thanks so much for, for everything that you do. We appreciate uh, everything that's uh, happened uh, to date and uh, to working with you again in the future. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Mike. Great. Well, folks, uh, as I mentioned before, we want to hear from you. Send us an email, AARP without limits at aarp.org. You can send us suggestions for future topics, future guests, things that you want to hear here on this program. We want to be a resource for you, whether you are here in the triangle or whether you're listening to the podcast and you're in a rural community. We want to hear what's important to you as an older adult or someone who's going to be an older adult one day. We want to hear from you as well. So thank you to Mary Penny Kelly for being our guest. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you for listening. This has been ARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander signing off.